Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom, and I am joined as always by my co-hosts, Bono's Ball and Captain Ron. Scott Bodan, how are you doing this evening? Doing good, man. Good, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I'm pretty excited. Tonight we're going to be focusing exclusively on the NFC West. So we are we have two divisions left to preview for this upcoming NFL season. Um, and we've saved the best for last uh, as we are going to cover the NFC West, which very well could be the best division in football this year. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I would agree. Vegas would agree as well, based on uh, over-under wins totals, which we'll get to. But, yeah, I, I think it's uh, kind of a runaway best division, to be honest. Yeah, top yeah it's the one I'm going to be following probably the closest. Yeah. Like, top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, let's not waste any time. Um, actually, before we do that, I do want to just make a comment. Um, because today, it, the unfortunate news came out that Mark Cook... Uh, passed away, who is uh, an all-time great in terms of media personalities covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's He was with Pewter Report for the last 10 years, uh, someone who I've, I've followed his work very closely over the years, and he's always just been such a genuine, um, passionate Buccaneer supporter and writer, uh, interviewer. You know, everyone associated with uh, with the franchise is well aware of Mark Cook's work. And uh, any of my interactions with him, I've never met him in person, but all my interactions with him were fantastic. He's an incredibly welcoming soul. So I just want to send out um, our condolences to Mark Cook and his family and to the guys over at Pewter Report. Uh, Shout out Mark Cook. Um, And with that, we will move into our NFC West division preview. Um, Last year, the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks were the uh, cream of the crop in terms of their records. Um, and I want to start with the Seahawks. They've gonna, they're going to have the 17th easiest schedule uh, this season. None of these teams have super easy schedules, of course, because it's such a competitive division. Um, you know, superstar quarterback in his prime, obviously Russell Wilson, that's a huge factor. There was a little bit of turmoil in the offseason in terms of whether Russ was happy with the direction of the franchise and the offense and defense potentially, um, but at least on the surface, those concerns seem to have been put to the side as uh, not surprisingly, Russ is in training camp, ready to go. Obviously a team with tremendous skill position, some of the, the best receivers in the league in terms of Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf. Bo, they added your boy, your favorite tight end in league history, Gerald Everett. <laughs> um, but this team has a very unreliable defense uh, with very limited upside, I think. They even lost a couple guys. They've got this Jamal Adams issue where he's at camp but not participating. Um, and that's going to be an issue because he wants big money. He wants to be the highest paid safety in the history of the game. Um, and then this team also has unreliable play calling where, it, where it's not necessarily fitting the scheme to their personnel, which is just a huge flaw and a huge waste of talent. If you got Russell Wilson, I think you got to throw the ball and not just focus on pounding the rock with Chris Carson. 
Um, so that's just a little summary, gentlemen. I don't know where you guys want to get started or what comes to mind when you hear the, the name Seattle Seahawks and when we try to forecast this upcoming season. Yeah, I'll start. Um, their offense is hard to watch, uh, like straight up. And they, yeah, they won the division, but then they lost that divisional round game to the Rams. And uh, the backup quarterback that's name's escaping, is it John Swafford or the, the guy you came Wolford, in? Wolford, I think. Wal- yeah. yeah, Wolford, yeah. And that they they were just a train wreck on offense uh, at the end of the year, and you know, I was not surprised at all when the Rams went in and win that game and won that game because of how rough Seattle was the last few weeks. And like you said, Colin, it's just it's painful play calling. It's it's like they're trying to get into third and six every time every uh, every series, which is just not conducive to winning, and especially not when you have a quarterback as talented as Wilson. And like I know I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not um, sending out any crazy hot takes here, but they just don't let him play, and it's 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 a it seems like a waste to me. And um, I don't know, it, the whole Pete Carroll being a good coach, uh, like I think the argument begins and ends there. I don't think he's good at all. Like maybe he's a good motivator, and we get it. He's super youthful, and he'll join drills, and like that's cool and everything, but. They, they're a tough watch, and I, and I think they've really underperformed. Now, to be fair, they, uh, they've been relevant and, you know, and really and, and good basically since Wilson took the reins, right? So that's saying something because it's not easy to do. But they haven't done that much if you actually go back and look at everything relative to having a superstar quarterback in his prime. And, uh, you know, hey, if, if Carroll finally opens up the offense, they finally let – Wilson throw on first down. They finally uh, mix in more play action and, and try to take deep, more deep shots with Metcalf. And great, awesome. But until I see that, I, I'm just I'm not a believer in them as a real contender. You know what's funny is uh, I just wrote the records for last season and I had 12 and four. And then as I was going to read the record, I was like, wait, did I write that down wrong? Did they actually go 12 <laughs> and four? So I just didn't say it. And I, I was going to say that. I, I was going to say like, yeah, you're you're totally right. Like, I think. What we're doing here is good, is what I'll start this off with. All the complaints that we have about this team are correct. They We should be criticizing the process of how they've been playing in these games and how they end up losing these big games as well, too. Um, I think, I don't know if it's Robert Mays, it's somebody at the ringer said, has a classic tweet that Seattle's never played a normal game of football. And that's yeah, Kevin compl- Clark, I think. Or, yeah. yeah, maybe it's Kevin Clark. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, but yeah, they were twelve and four. If we're if we can criticize the process, but we also have to realize that the result is there. There's they got they're twelve and four last year. Yeah, they did they did pretty well. Um, obviously, things kind of fell off for them at the, at the end of the season. Um, how do they address that? So I've got three points I can make here. So Shane Waldron um, comes in as their new OC um, and their new play caller. So he's he's going to be calling the majority of the plays or having the lead on, on play calling as well, uh, at least um, from the Sean McVay tree of coaching, which is like ever extend. Like we was basically poison Ivy at this point yeah. in the NFL. Um, but he's never called a regular season play. He's never called a regular season game ever. Um, and I think if you listen to that flying coach podcast, another shout out for the ringer, but um, Sean McVay basically kind of explained his process being that he's the head play caller, but it's pretty processed. It's a it's a pretty group 
consensus building process. Um, and if nothing else, during uh, Shane Waldron's time with the Rams, he learned how to run a balanced offense with the Rams, um, running the ball, passing the ball. He was only there for about four years, and in three of the years, they were top ten in running and in in uh, in passing. So in rushing and passing. So I think him being this new voice. Um, coming in from the outside and just being like, hey, we're kind of wasting Russ's prime here. We need to figure out a way to just make things a little bit easier for them. Um, that's that's going to be a huge uh, for this team next year. Um, again, yeah. I totally agree with you guys. Defense needs a ton of work. Like Nothing sticks out on that roster besides Bobby Wagner and Jamal yeah. Adams. But they ranked 16th in DVOA last year. I would assume they were in the 20s, if, if not like the late 20s, watching their games last year. Um, and when I was looking back through like their game logs and everything, getting ready for this pod, they just they just basically always were. It was always coming down to their defense, like stopping a, a stop, making a big stop to preserve a win. Whereas, like I feel like the old Seahawks before this was always Russ having a game winning. Game-winning drive, yeah. just going down the field, throwing the ball, and just being like, "Why weren't they just doing this all game?" Um, well, Russ would get them out to big leads, and it would just basically be the defense trying to hold it together for them to close out twenty twenty. So, yeah, go ahead, Scott. No, I was just gonna say, like, because they're never playing these normal games, like to get to twelve and four is actually crazy. But to yeah. me, that's just due to regress back to the mean at some point. Like, you can't win every coin flip game, and the fact that they were. 12 and four and you know lost to a backup quarterback at home in the playoffs i'm pretty sure they were only like a three-point favorite in that game so that's just showing you what the actual you know what what vegas would have thought of them at the time probably equated them closer to a 10 and 6 team or something like that which once again like yeah like that's good and props to them for being good and and being more than competitive for this extended time and so and, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of touched on this sort of angle before. The criticism is coming from a place of, you know, you're, you're very good, but are you are you elite? And that that's yeah. where I'm coming from with Seattle. The defense is not the same as it has been. I think people kind of – there was a two-year grace period or so where they, they still thought the Legion of Boom was there and they were holding everyone to yeah. 13 points a game, but that's just not the case anymore. Like you said, 16th in DVOA. It's not bad, but it's not what they yeah. – can hang their hat on meanwhile they have this franchise hall of fame perennial pro bowl quarterback that you know they they just they have the shackles on him let's face it and uh i i hope we see him i hope we see him on like unleashed this year with the with the new oc because why not i i want to see the best quarterbacks playing the best every single week and especially in this division where you have Two matchups with now Matthew Stafford, two matchups with Kyler Murray, and then let's see what happens with the Niners uh quarterback situation. E- either Garoppolo or or uh Trey Lance. Like I trust that well, I mean we'll get to this, but I trust that Kyle Shanahan will make those intriguing quarterback matchups with, with whoever they end up going with, right? At, at whatever point in the season. So like I like Seattle. I'm cautiously optimistic about them, but you know, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Do I like them the best in this division? We'll get to this later. No, I don't. But we're, they're also going to get their home field back, which is huge. And um, yeah, I don't know, Boom. Where are you? 
Yeah, I think I think you summed it up really well. I mean, we, I like how you made the statement, you know, we're, we're being critical of them because they are a good team and they were yeah. 12 and four. And that's where yeah. that that yeah. criticism yeah. is coming from. I think that's as long as people listening can understand that, then then I don't know how you can argue with these critiques um, because it, it, it's super valid and it's super true. And the fact that they've brought in a new offensive coordinator, regardless of his his experience as an actual play caller, I mean, uh, that's an important step to make because something had to change in terms of that their general yeah. philosophy on that side of the ball. Well, I guess we'll find out this year how much Pete Carroll is really involved in the offensive philosophy in that sense, right? The the ground and pound approach, because the stubbornness of them to not adapt to their strengths on that side of the ball is truly bewildering to me. Um, and this this guy coming over from LA or from from working under McVeigh, I mean, he's he he. he he has heard Sean McVay, who who I have the utmost respect for as an offensive mind, I'm sure just compliment the shit out of Russell Wilson. And yeah. in practice, he's just been the, been like, thank God they use him this way. Imagine they used him this way. <laughs> so this yeah. guy's coming in knowing knowing what McVay would have done. And I got to believe he's going to take some of that with him. And hopefully he's just a smart dude. I can't speak to anything about him. I don't know a damn thing. But yeah. How about Bodan referring to Sean McVay as itchy, stupid poison ivy? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm referring to his his uh the infection rate of his coaching tree right which oh, yeah. just seems to be like taking over the league we know yeah, yeah. <laughs> across species analysis that's a oh, new one i was wondering that's a new comparisons just wait slip that one under the radar bodan gonna get into the flora and fauna comparisons yeah, yeah totally Follow me for all of your biology takes. I got a, <laughs> I got a ton of biology takes on my Twitter. So I don't know if anybody's listening to this likes that, but he's a big a sports guy. Stuff. Big sports <laughs> guy always has been. And the Dude. one, the other, the only other thing I think, you know, and, and we've already, we've all said it, but Russell Wilson's greatness is something to behold. And he, the fact they were twelve and four last year blows my mind because I yeah. watched a lot of those games and. Um, you're right. It's when he's scrambling around. It's when plays die. That's when he's at his best and giving him that kind of freedom to be creative with the ball in his hands and make decisions. Yeah. Um, those opportunities will still happen regardless of what, what was called in the huddle. Uh, so you never know, man. A quarterback like Russ can uh, can can always surprise you. So, I mean, hey, I'm before, sorry. before we move on, do you do you guys think we ever talk about uh, Russ's trade request again? Like, he seems like the ultimate teammate all of a sudden. He, he's apparently willing to take, like, a shift in his contract for Dwayne Brown and Jamal Adams to keep them on a team. Like, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys – do you think he's ever going to be – are we ever going to be in that spot we were where it was just, like, out of nowhere he's got these five teams? Well, you know, man, the league is so fleeting. Like, things yeah. change all the time. I, I, I thought, good for him. Use your leverage. Like, get some help because they – really weren't doing much around him for a couple years there and it was just him so like not to bail on the question bo but like like let's just wait and see let's see how the season goes i also feel like it wasn't a formal trade request like i think the it all started it was really weird he made on on the dan patrick show uh, where he acknowledged some things didn't go the way he wanted and then i feel like you know sometimes the media will take these things and run with it and someone wants to report a team and just take the rumor to the next level so uh, but in terms of his displeasure with the the, the state of the franchise and the way where they're headed, I think this season's going to go a long way towards determining whether we see a disgruntled Russ, whether yeah. authentic mm-hmm. or otherwise, in the future. Because if they have a, a year where they kind of really slide back down to potentially the bottom of this division, which could very well happen, 
um, then we'll see, won't we? But do you, guys, uh, do you guys cringe as much as I do whenever Russ talks? Yes. He's he's tough, eh? Like, it's I awkward. It's Mister Unlimited. Yeah, it doesn't Unlimited. It didn't even make sense. Like, what are you What are you even talking about? It's so bad. Like the date, like so dangerous Wilson. Like it's, I he's he kind of sucks. Like I, I'm actually there. There might not be a bigger uh, athlete disparity between someone I love to watch play versus someone. I kind of never want to have to hear from ever. Ooh, that'd be a good list. Like to, for yeah. us to rank that. that hangs, I like yeah. where you're headed there. Um, Tough yeah. hang. Yeah. Yeah. A, a no hang. Basically. Yeah, we, like, I'd rather. Well, him... come on. If we're in Vegas and we see Russell Wilson, we're all running up to him and being like, Hey, asking him like Russ, what's going on? Whatever. No. But I feel like then I... we're just like, uh, all right, we're going to, we're going to head this way. You go along with it. Like, I feel like every, he would, has no issues with like, being like overrun with fans or like at least adult fans. I'm sure kids love them. I believe Scott when he says no, because I, no, I, think, I, don't if anything, I believe I would him. give and him I, the satisfaction. Yeah. Really? If anything, if no. anything, Scott, Scott would be like, Oh, I think that's Chris Carson's quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> or or like I call him something like Randall Weston or something like, like just to, to see if he notices. Yeah. Hey Randall, <laughs> what's up? You still playing fullback? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the thing with Russ's personality cap too is like I would just rather him embrace the wholesome dork that he really is, and not like trend on like trying to be cool and trying not to. Yeah, so that's disingenuous, yeah. and he's he's got this identity crisis unfolding before our eyes. That's my thing too, and like, just yeah, just pick one. I love yeah. how we're you know I'm calling him a loser. He's worth like whatever, and he's married to Sierra. But uh, yeah, total plug. Obviously, he's so good. He's so yeah, good he's at so football. Good. He's yeah. so good. I'm like, saying I, what up to you, Russ. Don't oh, listen to these guys. Oh, are you kidding me? Me too. I'd be I'd be showing him my Facebook name. <laughs> how, about, how about the NC State coach giving him the boot because they had Mike Glennon waiting in the wings and Wilson went and played minor league baseball every offseason. So they just asked him not to come back. Yeah. Yeah, it's it just reminds me of like Justin Fields stuff or like just when you got a better quarterback sitting there and it's a hey, there's a, only one of them plays, right? It's tough. Yeah. That's it's such yeah. a tough position. And it's hind, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's the same idea as with trades. Like you know, these co- yeah. these coaches are making these decisions, and they're gonna get burned when you get. If you're gonna br- if you're gonna take it on yourself to bring in these elite prospects at that position, you're gonna have to pick one at a point. Yeah. With with the state of transfers and college football and all yeah. that. Sorry. And quick tangent on that. I love the guys who get killed because you're a quarterback, and there's one guy on the field uh, who transfer because they're not gonna play. Well, yeah. no kidding. You have four years to play. What? Do you, what's the goal? Agreed. <laughs> These guys who are basic, who are borderline good enough to start, but are just beat out because they have a better guy on their roster. They're supposed to just stick it out and then not do anything else. Like, I, I, what do you want them to do? There's one of them out there. Like, yeah. I, it's so ridiculous. Couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. It's like Sorry. their their only opportunity to define their or meet their life's ultimate goal which is to exactly. become a professional is by being on the field it's, bit, it's so different they're not getting yeah. paid just well now i guess you could get paid to be a backup but yeah, yeah. no i like that tangent scott cool points for you scott hey, Capron, cool points oh my god about time <laughs> yeah uh okay let's move on to the uh los angeles rams who were 10 and 6 last year um they, they actually are going to be playing the fourth hardest schedule in the nfl this season um Quick, quick call. Just worth noting this this division, the AFC West is playing the or sorry, the NFC West is playing the NFC North. 
and the AFC South. So interesting. You gotta, yeah, that kind of makes up for the playing within yeah. their own division. It, I yeah, guess. well, that's just it. If they can, if if all these teams can kind of hover around five hundred, maybe go, uh, well, like four and two, even in the division, you got to like their chances against seven of those eight teams that are all playing, except for yeah. Green Bay. Not that they couldn't beat Green Bay, these teams, but like you know what, I, like. Totally. You're feeling pretty good playing Chicago, Detroit, Jacksonville, Houston. Like that's not bad. To- I couldn't absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we've talked about this a fair bit, so I know that we are all aligned, Scott Bow and myself. But um, they added Matt Stafford, which is just a monumental upgrade at the quarterback position, um, and it's going to make a massive difference for this team. It's going to really be McVay's time to shine as a play caller because now he has a guy who can execute all the throws and then some oh, in yeah. Matt Stafford you know one of the most talented quarterbacks who's just not hasn't been talked about the last 12 years because he's been in detroit um they also brought in deshaun jackson so i mean whatever they, they didn't have any any like picks in the first couple rounds of the draft because so, of course yeah they, i was gonna say like Ramsey. is this the most win now roster ever constructed in the nfl yeah i mean they have the, the two arguably the two best defensive players in the nfl on the same team Matt Stafford comes in. That's more first round. So I, I did the I looked it up. Um, they won't have their first until twenty twenty four. They haven't made a first round pick. Guess the last time they made a first round pick. Gosh, what year are we? Twenty twenty. Uh, I don't know. What was it? Twenty nineteen. Twenty sixteen. Jared Goff. What? Yeah, crazy. Dude. Just constantly out the door for for players and for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Matt Stafford, of course. Even the Jared Goff one, they gave up a bunch of picks to move up to get Goff. So they're going to so, go almost a decade without a first-round pick. Very close. Um, they, they still they still have uh, room to work on that, right? Like they could make more trades still. That's crazy. That's yes. nuts. I wouldn't have realized that at all. That's nuts. So they have to like this. Uh, McVay has to win this year. So they're going into this. It's balls to the wall. Like I know we're doing this early. This is. Like my number one pick for this division is the Rams. I hate when you guys have... do that, man. You just you, you, like I hate when you do that. It's like you guys get to stake claim, and then I look like a cop here if I agree. And Bo, you and me have been very similar with our picks lately, so I see what you're doing here, dude. Real... I thought you, I, I thought you're going in a revert like reverse order, and I'm like, there's no way they should be second to last in this division because no, this division they will this... tamper. They're gonna pay off a ref, do whatever it takes to get a get some wins and into the playoffs this year. In your defense, I do normally go based on the previous uh, records, but I've uh, just done it reverse. So I started okay, with the okay, most okay, successful okay. team. It's um, actually, only- Colin, that's, I'm seeing a comment here that someone is referring to you as a, a copycat and also saying, <laughs> I'm rubber, you're glue. I, is that, well, I think that's Schefter, right? Is that yeah, Schefter? yeah, you just, you, just, you just threw that in there. A, yeah. Maybe like a sticks and stones. But I, hey, but Bo can say who we want. But we're getting to it. All right. I just like when it happens at the end, but fair enough. <laughs> this is a, it's hard. This is a meritocracy. Um, the only other thing I want to say that really sucks, because you're right, Bo, they are the most win now, as, as much as anyone anyway. I mean, you could say Tampa's the most win now team. But at least Tampa has their picks. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And or has young, had their picks. And plenty of young mean? talent. Plenty of young talent. Um, yeah. But uh, also that Cam Akers injury just really no, sucks for them, man. That sucks. Like, that's really terrible sucks. for Rams fans. It's terrible for their team. Like, he was going to have a blow-up year. Like, you know, the talent was there and just 
in such an ideal situation. I feel really bad for Cam Akers. But I thought he was going to be Dalvin Cook 2.0 this year or something. If there's a position where you can withstand it, it's running back. For sure. We know and you feel that way. With scheme and everything, they can do it. But that does suck because Akers had a great year and he was trending and he was going to be the guy. And uh, that's and you just you hate to see that. Um, and, sorry, go ahead. The only thing that you just made me think of talking about is and like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, are they poised for both of them to have massive years all of a sudden? Because they've just been so solid. The two are awesome. With Goff. With Jared Goff, yeah. Baby hands Goff. No kidding. I, yeah, and, and then you got the burn. Like, I know it's Deshaun Jackson, and trust me, as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer supporter my entire life, like, there is few players in the NFL who I despise more than Deshaun Jackson based on how he handled <laughs> or his lack of professionalism as a Buccaneer. But he can still move very fast. He can still yeah. take a top off the defense. I don't care how old he is. I know he's in, injury plagued, whatever. But if he's healthy and he's – he's going deep he's running those fly routes that is going to just take the top off the defense because Stafford's capable of hitting him on occasion and it's just going to open things up underneath for those technician route runners in Cooper Cup and Robert Woods not a conventional pairing between the two because they're similar in ways but they're both fantastic they're great they're really good and Colin you're exactly right there's value to Deshaun Jackson until until he leaves his league because at no point at no point will he be below average speed-wise, right? That, that yeah. It's just in yeah. him. So he's an asshole and, like, always has been. But he's I, – I don't mind the pickup. And um, I guess we can get into Stafford. Actually, I've been thinking about this the last few weeks because I'm wondering if I have built Stafford up in my head a little bit more just because he's been competent on such a bad team. You know what I – like – is he is he as good as because in my head he's like just that's just barely in that tier below like Rodgers, Mahomes, and Brady. Like that's real that's how highly I think of him. I think he's that good. But is he closer to the tenth best quarterback in the league? Which is still an upgrade for the Rams. But it like when they got him, I'm thinking like, oh my God. Like, yeah, we all we all had to kind of calm ourselves down, I think. Because yeah. I know yeah. we were all in agreement on that. And I like I feel the exact same way. I think you just articulated it beautifully, and and I the an, the answer is <laughs> the answer is we're about to find out. Yeah, right? we're yeah. about to find out. Like so, two of arguably the two best play callers, offensive coaches in the NFL are in this division, and that's a huge advantage for the Niners and the Rams because it's Sean McVay and it's Shanahan. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, so like you know what I mean. It, Sure, Cam Akers is hurt, but we're going to find out this year just how legit Stafford is. Because physically, he's still healthy enough. Um, he's yeah. young enough. He's a quarterback. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. For the record, I would happily bet that he's going to be awesome and you know make some outrageous claims. But it's going to be undeniably one of the four or five best quarterbacks in the league this year. It's like I, I'm, I'm willing to go there, but I like I want to go there, but I, I think. What I'm saying is I'd be willing to kind of listen to the argument of like, like just pump your brakes a little bit and let's, let's see it. Not a, you know, a sight unseen. It's just all of a sudden going to be magic. Yeah. We're not going to talk it into existence. I feel like we've talked a fair bit about Matt Stafford. What do you, what do you think, Bo? I I think it's going to be great, man. Like what I had written, I didn't even have any notes on Stafford because I knew you guys were going to gush over him but yeah like <laughs> there's nothing that i disagree with you guys with on this like yeah this is his best opportunity to win a super bowl yeah. and i think he's approaching this year 
that way. Like, I have to be good because this this roster has barely any holes outside of quarterback. Like, yeah. You can say what you want about the running back situation now. On offense. Well, yeah. So, like, that was the other the part that I was going to transition to was, like, what do you guys think of their defense? Because they, they did lose John Johnson and Troy Hill. Yeah, Troy Hill to the Browns, right? Both of them to the Browns. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh. Browns just yeah. take any competent defensive player and throw him <laughs> yeah. in their blender. So, but you still, like, obviously, like, I guess it starts and ends with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Like, it's, it's funny. It's like a super team on that side of the ball. But does that work when there's 11 guys on the field at a time? Like, obviously, they have other tough. competent defenders. But Yeah, but, well, to have, but to have the best pass rusher and then one of the best guys in the secondary, like, that's a good place to start, right? I, I mean, I wouldn't take a DB over uh, Jalen Ramsey Randy. in the NFL. And you wouldn't That's, take any yeah, exactly. over Donald. No, no one. And you wouldn't take – yeah, exactly. Maybe so ever. you have so, two generational talents in their prime yeah. on that side of the ball. They also have this kid, Darius Williams, who, like, stole the starting job from Troy Hill at the start of last year. Uh, PFF had a crazy stat about him. Um, came in the league 2018. He hasn't allowed a 70-yard game since then. Wow. That's wow. insane. That's the that's their number two corner. Do you have, so like this this defense could be unreal. Wow. Do you have their DVOA or like defensive performances in front of you at all, Bo? Like I am curious. Yeah. And of course, DVOA takes into account for anyone who doesn't know, it takes into account adjusting to the quality of competition ultimately in terms of ranking a defense. If I'm not mistaken. Yep, that's exactly what it is. That, that's the um, key. That's the key reason why we tend to depend on DVOA on this show. As exactly. opposed to the defensive ranks. Yeah, so if you're if you're facing the average offense or the average defense, this is how your team ranks as an offense or a defense. So they, they came in fourth in DVOA on defense. So Whoa. obviously some injuries on that. They're behind uh, Washington, Pitts, uh, Washington, New Orleans, and Pittsburgh in that order. Hmm. Wow. So they're, yeah, they're performing on that side of the ball, playing against some good offenses too. Yeah. So that they're already a four. They lose those. They lose John Johnson and Troy Hill. But there's an argument that those guys were made better by Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, right? So maybe John, John Johnson's oh, yeah. probably the one, the big one that sticks out. Troy Hill's probably your your nickel back in this. So who who knows if you can if you can get through that? Um, but John Johnson being away that adds some a little bit of question marks just from a safety position, but. Number 10 in offense on DVOA and number four on defense in DVOA. So Stafford comes in, you're expecting the offense takes a little bit of a jump, right? Yep. So I don't know. Like they, they could be very, very, very good next year. Just because you said Stafford, I just quickly I had a thought related to to Scott's earlier, uh, you know, um, the scenario you were just – describing regarding Stafford and whether we're too high on him and maybe he, you know, um, what also can affirm our instinct that Stafford is so great too, is likely Sean McVay's affinity for him. Like the fact he wanted to go out and give up more draft capital to bring him in, like um, for such a smart offensive guy, that's just one thing that popped into my head. So I'm sorry if I just straight us off course, I just, no. And plus he's six or seven years older than Goff too. I mean, I know, Stafford's not in the twilight, and uh, it's not like Goff was doing anything to really make the Rams want to keep them. But like, you know, it's not an insignificant age difference between the two. So you got to really like him. You got to really 
think you can win with him if you're going to get the, uh, what, almost, is he 33? I think he's going to be 33 this year if he's not already, so. Yeah. That's old. <laughs> it's not old. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> For them. Oh, no cop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know. I'm like looking at my watch. Say, like, what is it? Midnight? Oh, it's nine fifteen. All right, sweet. <laughs> Man, just like we we start with Russell, a team led by Russell Wilson. Then we talk about a team, a new team led by Matt Stafford on offense. And now we're gonna start talking about a team led by Kyler Murray. Like, what a division in terms of quarterbacks. We'll see what happens yeah. with with Trey Lance. Obviously, if he's gonna be as great as Shanahan thinks he will, then that's just another supreme talent in the mix but i do want to talk about kyler murray's arizona cardinals coming off an eight and eight year um i know two seasons ago cap they were a big betting favorite for years before the rest of the world kind of caught on so you saw lots of value there and capitalized on it yeah uh, which was a great read and i guess i don't know i i don't my read on your betting is that you didn't you weren't as um bullish on them this past season and i think vegas and the public maybe caught up a little bit so i don't know how they performed from a betting angle last season but i feel like they came back to earth a little bit in terms of their performance compared to how vegas was yeah i was on them early but then it became pretty clear that they were just going to be a yo-yo team you know and it it, that seahawk in them yeah and like eight and eight great but like totally lucky win against buffalo right like so and then Sorry, and you, and you hate to say the difference is one game, but, like, big difference just in the narrative of a losing season versus a non-losing season, even though it's just 7-9 and nine versus 8-8, eight and eight, right? But, yeah. yeah, I was definitely on them. I, they, they disappointed me last year. Little little creativity from Kingsbury. I thought um, very conservative. Didn't, uh, didn't really let Murray cook as much as they would. I, I got to think it's going to be more opened up this year. I... I I don't think Kingsbury is that stubborn to not hear some of the very rightful criticism of his team and his offense. And just um, once again, I, I think I touched on this early in, in an earlier episode, but he's coming from college. It's the air raid offense with Texas Tech where they're trying to score 50 points a game. And they're just, he's just out here kicking, kicking long field goals and punting on, you know, fourth and three from the, from the opponents 39 and stuff like that. Like, I'm just I'm super surprised that uh, at how his first couple years have gone. I don't know. I just I just assume he would really go full throttle, but then you know I don't know the pressure of being a coach. Obviously, like maybe there's something holding him back because he's just trying to kind of keep his head above water. But I hope they really open it up because I love their I love their roster and I love Kyler. But everyone was kind of predicting the big jump for them and Murray specifically last year, which obviously go hand in hand, but it just didn't happen. They just eight and eight was fair. They just weren't that good. They were, they were a completely average team. Uh, didn't get screwed out of the playoffs, nothing like that. And let's like, I guess everything just kind of, you know, stayed and now we're postponing it a year and, and we'll see what happens. The only, like the first question I have, when I was looking up this team, was is Cliff Kingsbury any good? Yeah, I... uh, 47 percent winning percentage in college, forty two percent in the NFL. I was actually kind of shocked that wasn't lower in the NFL. Yeah, um, but they start five and two last year. Um, their two losses were back to back to Detroit and Carolina in the first seven games. Like, yeah. Like I like I think that was probably the moment where I think all of us kind of looked at it and we're just like, yeah, that seems probably not that good. Like, 
You are now three and two after losing to Detroit in Carolina. Um, close year three and six, just like you said. Yeah. His play calling is yeah, a lot of dink and dunk. Like when I look back through it, just like bringing up even their YouTube stuff, it's just like a lot of horizontal passes, basically. Get the um, ball out of Murray's hands, and which, which is okay, but like be yeah. aggressive, like. I, yeah. I, go downfield. You have yeah, you have DeAndre downfield. Hopkins. You yeah. have DeAndre Hopkins. Like, go get it. And I agree with you. Like their roster, even from a receiving core standpoint, they got better. Um, yeah. Say what you will about AJ Green, but I think all of us are really high on Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore. Um, oh, Christian yeah. Kirk, I think, is poised to have another another big year, or to just build off of what he did last year as well, too. So. Um, yeah, it's this offense is confusing because you're you have Cliff Kingsbury who was supposed to be this unbelievable offensive mind, but doesn't really call the plays that we'd like to see him call. Yeah. Um you have Kyler Murray who is unreal running and throwing the ball, but he's in this offense that's asking him to dink and dunk it a ton. I don't know. I, I'm I'm very interested to see how the Cardinals uh, fare this year. I, yeah. I think when we were talking about like the hottest seats, I I brought up Cliff Kingsbury as oh, well. Oh, for sure. I, I I think, but like the first episode, I feel like I was out on my own on that. Like, or when we first talked about this, just because it wasn't for sure. Like, we're just like, okay, they're a developing team that might be ahead of schedule. But when I look at their roster, they're actually they're ready to compete, and this but, is a tough division to do it in. But they they've got to show some results. The kiss of death for these coaches, though, is if the media says, okay, we think you should be good now, so go do it. It's like, well, you know, maybe not. I don't know. But if that's the expectations and it doesn't matter, then you have to go do it. That's just how it goes, right? So, yeah, yeah, if they start off, I don't know, one in four or something like that, like it's totally feasible that he could be gone. Yeah, I I find uh, Steve Kime, their GM, to be pretty loyal. So I actually don't think he's necessarily on the hot seat. I think it's you know Kyler Murray's entering his third year, um, yeah. and him and Kingsbury together. Just just my like read on what I think will happen. Um, I I bet you he won't be on the hot seat unless something catastrophic happens. Personally, um, just knowing Steve Kime, he seems like a pretty loyal general manager compared to a lot of guys in this business. Um, and like the Cardinals did add some quality players and JJ Watt. I mean, a couple guys over the hill, but still quality. AJ Green, Malcolm Butler, um, Matt Prater, kicker. Hey, you uh, can bomb him. He can bomb him. At least he used to be able to. And they, they brought over James Conner as well. They, they, of course, lost Hassan Reddick, which is a pretty big loss, but a, a sneaky, productive uh, linebacker yeah. player. Um, Pat Peterson. Pat Peterson, of course. So, like, lots of over-the-hill guys coming in and out. Um, but they did draft Zayvon Collins, which would, you know, help mitigate the loss from Hassan Reddick yeah. as a first-rounder. And you already mentioned Rondell Moore in the second round. So, I really like what they did in their first two picks of the draft. I think they're going to have an absolutely dynamic offense. I'm expecting Kyler Murray, too. I hope so. Yeah, like, I really think they will. I think Rondell Moore is going to create a whole new element um, for that offense. And I think A.J. Green – Apparently, I know half the teams say this about half their players, but apparently he's looked fantastic in training camp. Um, and then they got Christian Kirk, and, the, and they got DeAndre Hopkins, who's entering his second year playing with Kyler, right? Yeah. So you got to give that quarterback, number one wide, wide receiver, a little bit of leeway, especially when it's a super young quarterback. I'm expecting those two's on-the-field relationship to just show more chemistry, be more on the same page. I expect this offense to take some form this season. I don't expect them to finish last in the division. I'll say that much. 
Let, let's get Nuke uh, a few shots of the vaccine as well, too. Um, just to make sure that he's going to be out there and he's not going to retire. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, the vaccine's more dangerous than football. Anyways, let's not talk about that too much. <laughs> uh, Larry, is Larry coming back? His dad put out some tweet that's got all the Cardinal fans going crazy. I'm glad you asked. Like, last I checked, he's floating around golf courses in Northern Cali. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and, I mean, it's too close to the season for him to play, right? So, so much for the farewell tour for one of the most accomplished wide receivers in NFL history. Like, what's going on exactly. there? Exactly. Yeah. Um, is Apparently he just his dad kinda, tweeted. Oh, go ahead. Is he? I was just going to say, is he just trying to, like, fade out quietly? Like, does he not want the attention and this is his retirement? I have no idea. His dad tweeted... Uh, do you believe in miracles? Yeah, and that's all he tweeted. It just, just went on. I hope he comes back after that. Yeah, I, the man. of course. Yeah, he's the man. Like literally one of the coolest to be yeah, doing it this long at this level. Dude. Like yeah, one of the best dudes ever too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another guy. What's happening with Chandler Jones? Yeah. So it sounds like he's going. To, like he's playing at training. Yeah, he's he's training at camp. camp despite his frustration with his contract situation because his deal's up after this year, he's clearly not happy, which is super yeah. interesting because when J.J. Watt came, there was this, like, sense of, like, they were all like, yo, yo, let's do this. We're going to wreck the league. And then, like, within a week, Chandler Jones was like, yo, my deal's bullshit. Like, pay me yeah. or I'm holding out. Yeah. Um, but everyone's he wants his in, money. Everyone's into that until they realize they're not getting paid enough for what they think they're worth. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I saw some buzz around, like, a swap with the Jags for C.J. Henderson. I don't know. It doesn't really move the dial for me. Yeah, um, apparently C.J. Henderson is on the block, which is interesting. I don't really understand yeah. why. Like They don't want to pay him either. God, he's not a rookie deal, though. Like Exactly. Wait, like, what the? Like, why would you trade C.J. Henderson for Chandler Jones to pay, to pay Chandler Jones? Yeah, I mean, I guess if they just want to bring a guy in, you know, kind of like the Raptors like feel the Toronto Raptors sorry but that's a geographical bias um, <laughs> but having to feeling like they need to acquire guys before because they're not going to lure them in free agency so I don't know maybe they throw the bag at them if they get them there first that's what they're thinking people Chandler don't Jones, realize that's going to be one Chandler coveted, Jones is really fucking good going to be mm -hmm. one coveted free agent I heard yeah. I heard his family is pretty athletic yeah his family's <laughs> not bad his yeah just a bit bad. just yeah. a bit 97 sacks since 2012 um, leads the NFL. Like he's leads he's, the NFL. Wow. Yeah, since 2012, he's quietly uh, just dominant. 60 Super sacks dominant. with the Cards since 2016. Like, Everyone in the is... league knows too. All the players know. Like he's oh, always yeah. high up on that NFL top 100. Like he's feared. I feel sacks like he's like in five years. So 12. Wow, 12. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. I I, I knew I, I wouldn't have guessed that he was that productive. Like I knew he was really good, obviously, and like a like yeah. game changer. But wow, that's that's incredible. Especially with doesn't like, this just, uh, sorry, go ahead. I well, I'm just saying, doesn't this feel like a random trade that just happens? Like he just ends up on the Pats, or he just ends up on the Chiefs, or something at like the eleventh hour, like right before Week One, or something like that. Maybe football trades are so weird. I never Football know. trades are so weird. They're so it, when it happens, it's like uh, stars really had to align, or like shit really had to go wrong for them to to get to that point. They're, it's they're so rare. Yeah. He's not going back to the Patriots, though. I know you're just throwing yeah. him out there. He's just no way he goes back. I, 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 I feel like once he's out of Bill's shadow, he he you know his career took off. He'll be fine without Bill Belichick. 
Um, at least he'll feel that way, I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Cardinals are interesting, man. They could go a whole bunch of different directions. I'm putting a lot of stock in their offense. And just I think J.J. Watt and A.J. Green, a couple old guys, I think they're going to have a little resurgence. I'm a little higher on the cards than most anyway. Do the, uh, do the Chiefs scare you at all? I just I kind of read something off your face. Do the Chiefs scare you at all for a, a Chandler Jones trade? <laughs> oh, God. The Chiefs would scare me for any acquisition of any elite talent. Any man. good player. Yeah. I was just scared on that, that side were... of the ball especially. Yeah. yeah, like I was just scared they were going to add uh, O-linemen this year. And sure enough, they did a great job reinforcing that. The yeah, trenches no there. Yeah, that would be super scary, man. Throwing him in that on that D-line. Oh, my God. Why would you say that? <laughs> but you know what? Things it feels are going good. so well. It feels good to feel like our rival is the Kansas City Chiefs. Very so true. the fact you asked me that as a Bucks guy, and I'm just like feeling like that's who we're. I don't. You tremored a little bit when I first when I first said it. You're like kind of moved <laughs> back a little bit. Jimmy, I think they're definitively the best teams in each conference. As much as we're talking about uh, this, yeah. you know, oh, this great division, I, I yeah, I we, we got to do that. We got to do that with the the Bucks report crowd. When oh we, yeah, uh, we'll have a contenders episode for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. that's kind of yeah. the you know the culmination of, of the work we've put in on these division previews. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like on our YouTube channel we're getting hate from random people because we're uh, tagging their teams and they're checking it out, which is good. Which is good. We enjoy that. <laughs> um, okay, gentlemen, do either of you have anything else you'd like to hit on with the Cardinals, or are you feel like whoopsie? <laughs> Sorry about that. It's not good. Not going to reintroduce us just yet. Wow um any Uh, other any other cardinals thoughts what a what a twist that was um no just let's let's see it arizona like let's let's see it i'd love to i'd love for this team to be good why not it is a big year for kingsbury like you both said um you both are very critical of him i'm gonna give him this year let's see if he can you know take advantage of the weapons because i think they're there on that side of the ball um yeah We'll see what they happens. They might need a Kyler running Murray, back. By Kyler the way. Murray is wicked. He's one of my favorite yeah. quarterbacks in the league. I love watching that little bugger scamper around. <laughs> He's uh, super fun. One of our favorite guys to bet on for the over rushing yards as well, too. For but sure. But the, yeah. uh, their running play. game, Chase Edmonds and James Conner now. Yeah. Kenny Drake's I, gone. I'm not, I'm not a James Conner guy at all. I was on Edmonds. No, Edmonds is solid. He's a solid change of pace back for sure. I think they were higher on him than Kenyon Drake, low key, and they just felt compelled because Kenyon yeah. Drake was on a bigger deal. He, he he was good for him last year. Drake was, but yeah, I, I don't mind Edmonds in that spot. Edmonds has been highly productive when he plays. Right, he's just in that reserve role more or mm-hmm. less, or like a third down, throw him in there kind of thing. So I I think maybe he'll have a bigger role, and it'll be very much a timeshare between him and James Conner. I don't know. Oh. Guys, Andy Isabella has COVID right now. Come on. Really? Come on, Andrew. Figure well, it could, out. He could be vaccinated, though. Like that I know. Possible. Yeah, sorry. I shouldn't be. Uh, but, yeah. I'm just, but, I, I, yeah, I understand why your head goes that way. And Andy well, Isabella, that's another guy, like a cool player yeah. in their receiving corps who yeah. uh, could could be productive in this league. So, we will see. There's This is a fun division, man. I keep saying it in between each team, but damn. Now. Let's finish up with the San Francisco 49ers coming off an incredibly injury-riddled season. They finished six and ten. Um, they're gonna have. They're gonna come in at with the 14th easiest schedule according to Mike Clay. Um, gave up a king's ransom to move up in the draft to to, to select Trey Lance, uh, the heavily debated, much anticipated selection. 
that no one could quite nail on the head except for a few people who just assumed in the media who it was going to be. What a what a smokescreen job by Kyle Shanahan and those the team in San Fran, like really impressive in hindsight. They had everyone thinking Mac Jones. They had him the betting favorite, you know, like, I don't know. That was wild. Dude, smart guys. I, like, I, smart guys I saw like an Daniel anecdote. Jeremiah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I saw an anecdote that uh, when uh, Shanahan went to see Justin Fields for his pro his second pro day, I think it was, like chopping it up. There's some great pictures of them all smiling or whatever. Apparently on the ride to the airport, he was on his iPad uh, drawing plays for Trey Lance because he's sure. so confident that that's who he's going to take after seeing Justin Fields again. It's commitment to the smoke, isn't it? Like our friend Michael, Michael Skolnick, commitment to the smoke. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like anyway, obviously they, they love Trey Lance. Like I was just going to say Daniel Jeremiah, who's one of the best draft guys for NFL yeah. Network. I'm sure anyone watching this is very familiar with Daniel Jeremiah. He was the whole time steadfast in that Trey Lance was a perfect scheme fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense and the exact type of player that he thought would be ideal in San Fran. I'm obviously like, as I've talked about, like I think they should have gone Justin Fields, but Daniel Jeremiah and Kyle Shanahan sure know a hell of a lot more about football and picking quarterbacks than I do. Hey, um, hey, hey. Don't, At least don't about the scheme. About you're, that scheme. You're in that realm, dude. No. You're in that upper echelon. Thanks, Scotty. Yeah, I appreciate think you're you. just a, a hair below Shanahan. All right, all right. <laughs> hair, be, hair below Shanahan, a lot of steps above, like, Pete Carroll. Oh, Big. yeah. Actually, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, so obviously they're going to get a bunch of guys back. And, like, this, what, are you, what an incredible position for any one of those top five quarterbacks to land in in the NFL. Like, to be picking yeah. that high, to get a quarterback – who they think is one of the best three quarterbacks in this draft. Like yeah, um, to walk into that situation is incredible. Talk about like avoiding some of the growing pains that most of these top prospects have to deal with for a few years, which can really derail a guy's career. How many NFL quarterbacks, top prospects coming out of college ended up in the wrong situation, but could have been great if they ended up in a well-coached, uh, well-structured roster. Like it's just so interesting yeah. to me. You know, it's so situational in terms of who's successful as a quarterback in the NFL. Um, so that's just what's going through my mind right now as I'm speaking. When do you guys think we see him? Man, I think within the first three weeks, and then it's never looking back. Oh, wow. Okay. Not early, eh? I just don't. I'm not a believer in Garoppolo. And I think, like, Bo, what you just said, like, like Shanahan is in love with Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah I think that's it. I, uh... So, like, you know, I just can't see them. They're, they're built to win now, believe it or not, too, kind of in a way. And, uh, Kind of, kind of. They've got they've got some young guys who are really good on on both sides of the ball, right? For sure. But I just mean like that. I, actually, you're right. Yeah, they got plenty of youth. They're they're in a really good yeah. position. They're, they're currently good. currently am moving forward. It's um, just the durability issues, right? That's the theme like throughout this entire roster. It's like if he's healthy, they'll, yeah. they'll be great. Yeah. I'm willing to chalk last last year up as just a total freak anomaly um, type of season, right? And, like, how good is that for Lance? He goes to a real organization that would have been a fine team last year, but they just got, like, the the injury bug bit them so much. It was actually crazy. And then, because, you know, a lot of guys, you get drafted that high, you're going to a Jacksonville or you're going to a – to the Jets or something like that, right? Cincinnati. So, yeah, yeah, Cincinnati, just just so good for Lance. I'm fascinated by the different uh, potential like 
permutations about what can happen with Garoppolo and Lance and when it can happen because it's like, you know, what if the Niners are four and two, but Garoppolo looks pretty good? Like, is that enough to give? Like, no, we need the jolt of Lance because now he's picked up the oven. Or he, or like Garoppolo looks terrible right away and it's like we got to put lance in now because he's actually our better option even though we're not sure that he knows everything yet so i i can't wait to see a how garoppolo plays and then b how how shanahan handles it it's it's funny it's funny just thinking about it because remember you know they were a different regime and two different quarterbacks obviously but the same team when when uh, Harbaugh put Kaepernick in over Alex Smith, yeah. even though the, the team was looking fine, but he like that's a big decision to make, and I'm sure Shanahan will have no problem pulling the trigger with whoever he thinks is going to give him the best chance to win. I just can't wait to watch what happens. Yeah, well said. And like you know, he had no problem giving up that that yeah. amount of draft capital to get his guy. So obviously he's in love with him. But you bring up a good point because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to backtrack my opinion that Trey Lance will be in in the first three weeks because maybe he loves him so much that he cares about, you know, his betterment in the long haul and he doesn't necessarily think he's ready. Because um, you're also right, Bo. They are they are certainly built for the future as well, even though I think they'll be competitive uh, pretty soon. They've got an early bye week as well. Um, week six, they get their bye week. Yeah. So they open against Detroit, Philly, and then Green Bay, Seattle, and Arizona. So two divisional games right before the bye week. I think maybe we see him week seven against the Colts. Then you got Colts, Chicago, the uh, Cardinals again, then the Rams. Like it's a nice little like wind up for him because the Colts could be awful this year as well too. Lots of uh, interesting scenarios, man. This division could go any which way. Um, and, like, I mean, you got to talk about, like, you know, we, we, we spent a good amount of time um, talking about Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. I mean, having Bosa and Fred Warner in your front oh seven and then yeah. you in, like, Javon Kinlaw and, like, some of these other talented guys in the front seven. I mean, those are two D serious, serious – yeah, D Ford, like – there's some talent, man. Like I, I like Eric Armstead even a little bit too. Still, yeah. like, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's good. They're uh, they're gonna be, it's the, they're good. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, they're really good. They're good, and like I like that Brandon Ayuk Debo Samuel combo. Like they're not super yeah. deep at receiver, I would say, but they picked up Muhammad Sanu. You know, whatever, maybe a bit of a veteran presence. Um, but I really like Ayuk and Samuel. I really. And I like Raheem Mostert as a running back too. Like, yeah. and Kittle. Oh, I mean, we need to mention Kittle, obviously. But yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say like their pass catchers are really good. Actually, yeah. if you if you just go with the top two wide receivers and Kittle as yeah. your third one, who's probably gonna be their top pass catcher. Yeah, um, exactly. But I, like Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, they got Gallman out of the Giants. Yeah. That Jeff Jeff Wilson Jr. kid was actually not that bad last year. Um, They've, they've got a nice little running game. Their line is always going to be good with Trent Williams uh, anchoring it. Like, I, I, this team could be really good. Like, yeah. I would be scared. Um, I would like to say, like, Debo Samuel is one of my favorite wide receivers. I feel like I keep on forgetting to, to give him a, a shout-out every time we talk about breakout guys this year. Um, another one of those if-he's-healthy guys that's on, these, on this roster. But only seven games last year, hamstring, foot fracture, foot fracture. Uh, but apparently he's looking super good in camp. Jason Verrett was basically saying he's looking like 
the hungriest wide receiver, hungriest offensive player on the team right now. So I just like the way he attacks the ball. Like when it's in the air, when he has it, he attacks a defender once he has it. Like I just love the way he plays football. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Steve Smith, uh, uh, senior. Sorry. Yeah, tough. Not the biggest guy, but he's tough too. Like a hard nosed receiver. Um, I would attach my name to Brandon Ayuk if given a choice between the two. I think he has like really? explosive, unique potential to be great. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So that would be more of like a high swing. But I think Ayuk could be really special, actually. Um, They're both know, awesome. They're both yeah, awesome. Quite the duo when you throw in a, a blocking receiving specialist like Kittle because he's literally great at everything. Like Kittle has no holes aside from no. getting banged up a little bit, but he's also tough as nails and plays through injury a lot. Yeah. Um, George I- Kittle's the man. Like, yeah, he's awesome. He's, awesome. he's so just, cool. We, on Monday night, we were talking about receivers kind of off the radar who could have a breakout year. Either of those two, I would say. Yeah. Uh, either of those two Niners guys are, are are worthy candidates. And, you know, the running back situation is interesting. Raheem Mozart, uh, but they drafted Eric Sermon out of Ohio State. Um, oh, In, like, the third Trey or fourth. Sermon. Trey sorry, Sermon. Trey sorry, Sermon. Sorry, Trey Sermon. Thank like, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh. My bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> this is the I was way. like, Eric Sermon's a rapper. The running backs the light yeah. or what? It happens. <laughs> <laughs> happens to the best of us. Uh, but yeah, I think I think he could actually carve out a n- nice niche as a running back in this system as well. Just talking about rookies going into yeah. advantageous situations. Um, but an interesting thing too going on a little issue between the media and some of these players on the Niners and and Raheem Mozart is what. Uh, put it in my mind is like there's some conflicting accounts in terms of the 49ers injury reports like not the team injury p- reports but things being reported in the media like i guess javon kinlaw was initially reported to have like a pretty serious in- injury and then he came out and was like i'm fine like i'm good like screw off and then the hmm. same thing happened with mozart um mozart had to like he took to twitter to be like what are you guys doing like i'm okay stop tweeting i'm injured so there's some weird like so weird under the radar. It's the same guy who uh, who had that uh, the press conference with Jamal McGee. He just has no idea what's going on with people's bodies. He's like, "Oh, is your mom still with us?" Oh like, god, what? that was the most awkward. Inter- Scott, have you heard about this? Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> it, insane. Yeah, an interviewer asked Javale McGee at an Olympic press conference. Uh, he brought up his mother and he said, "Is she still with us?" And Javale, Javale's like. The, what the hell's wrong with you? What are you like, asking? Like, what yeah. are you asking me? Are, yes, are my you, mother is alive. Thanks yeah, for. are you trying to tell me something, you idiot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or that, we, or on a on a slightly less I can, uh, darker note. Um, she, I can't remember who the guy was, but it was like the Falcons tweeted out something about X player was hurt, and it's like, and then there was a tweet below. It's like sources, and the Falcons respo- responded, literally us. The Falcon, like from the <laughs> yeah. official Twitter, account. I thought that was so good. Like, yeah, we're yeah. we're saying it. Oh my god, so good. Yeah, that's been done before. That's that though. Yeah. I think the Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays, did that once. Oh, did yeah, they? I remember the Jays doing that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love hey, that. I love that. What do you guys think? Because they did, they gave up a ton to get Trey Lance. What do you think Jimmy G is worth? And is there any chance they get that this season? Is it because he's getting paid, his contract's like twenty million a year at least? Right? A lot. I should look up his contract actually before. Yeah, he's I don't not think bad he, though. I don't think he's that bad. So, Bo, are you saying if they were to move him, what would his market be? Yeah. Or, what would the what's the comeback for a Jimmy G trade for the Niners? I don't think Jimmy G is that good. So like, 
Yeah, but he's got enough value where he's better than a lot of starters. Yeah, he's he's in a funny position, isn't he? He's like where he is, like in terms it's of the hierarchy not of the position. That bad. Good. The uh, cap hit is twenty six million, twenty six point three this year, uh, twenty seven next year. For your quarterback, that's not horrible. Yeah, that's not that bad. Yeah. I guess Nick what about Foles? Philly? Philly? I mean, I guess we're just going to keep saying Philly as a potential landing spot. Yeah, my mind yeah. goes to Denver right away always. Denver, um, yeah. Yeah, great I, like, one. Like, again, for that amount, like, I would rather sell the farm and go get a real real difference maker. Or I would – on you're going you're gonna to eviscerate me for this. But I, I think I would rather roll with Bridgewater um, than I would even – or. I guess I don't know about. I think that's crazy. But I would rather roll. That's not crazy to me. I would rather roll with Bridgewater on his deal than I would take on Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Jimmy G is like a one year. Like it's basically a two year deal. You and and I'd rather hurts. I'd rather hurts too. Probably. I think Philly's in trouble. I think they're. We've talked about that in our episode. Absolutely suck. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, that's that's the teams in this division. Four potentially really good football teams uh, that make up the NFC West. What do you guys think is going to go down? Here, let me give year? you some uh, some betting uh, odds here, guys, if you don't mind. Thought you'd never uh, ask. Oh. So to Wait, win, the- yeah, let's just play over and under. You just give us a number. Yeah. Oh wait, so you guys are going to guess what the over under is for their te- for the wins? Or you you tell us and we say over or under. You okay. I mean? All right. So. Uh, Arizona is at the bottom at eight and a half. Is there over under? I've got uh, them under. I got over. Okay. Seattle nine and a half. I have them under. Uh, I guess I have to go under. Okay, and then ten and a half for both the Rams and the uh, and the Niners. But you're getting a little love. It's plus plus a hundred for the Niners. Uh, ten and a half and plus one ten for the Rams at ten and a half. If, if you like the Rams, that's that's got to be sticking yeah. out to you. Yeah, I would I would have to go with the Rams over that. I just, yeah. but like I don't know. This is such a weird division because like if you if in January you told me any of these teams were in fourth or any of these teams were in first, I would have no like I would not yeah. be surprised either way. But that so that's Chronic, this, yeah. Go ahead. Do you have? I'm curious. Like I I. I think the Rams are, if I had to pick, would are going to win this division. Okay, so it's pretty. It's almost a toss up at the top. The Niners are plus one eighty, uh, so a hundred a hundred dollar bet to win one hundred and eighty profit. The Rams are plus one eighty seven. Seahawks plus two eighty, and then the Cardinals plus five fifty. So, you know, very very interesting. Um, yeah, like my gut says the Rams win this. Um, I, but I if think, I had to bet, like I might just take the value on the Cardinals because really? it's not unfathomable yeah. to me. Yeah, I mean, no. considering they're they're what plus five fifty, you said. Um, yeah, Bo, I agree. Like for a team expected to be last in the division, if anyone has the the talent or ability, like with a young, incredibly dynamic quarterback, to make that big leap, uh, it could yeah. be this team. Yeah. Unfortunately, and these teams might just be all around. It might be like the opposite of the NFC East, where they're all just a little bit above five hundred. Honestly, it just comes down to who's healthiest at the end of the game. Yeah, I think the better. I think the better question is how many of these teams make the playoffs. Yeah, I know. You wish you wish you could say all four. Honestly, I I 
I think there's an argument for it, man. Like the NFC East, I think the the three non-winners are going to be below 500. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I think you could say the same thing about the NFC North. Maybe Minnesota. Uh, I'm left. I'm not as high on them. So no, they're due for a regression, and as we know, um, every year they go back and forth between being good and bad. So yeah, and I think yeah. you can make the same case for the NFC South as well. That that the maybe the second best team in either the North or the South is nine and eight. It I think it really depends on how these division games shake out. And if, um, you know, they kind of, uh, I don't know, like they're a wash and everyone is a, is about 500 and then they just beat up on everyone else. I think you can, especially with the seventh playoff spot now, I, yeah. I, I don't think it's crazy that all four teams may. I wouldn't bet it because yeah, it's, it's, it's just unlikely because some team is going to lose, is going to go two and four in the division even though they lose a couple tough games. That, that, that's just hard to get. Uh, to get around kind of thing, but yeah. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I would pick three of them. For sure, uh, yeah. We, we got to get that, like, what what is the price if you did, if you parlayed all of them making the playoffs? I know, yeah. I'd love to see that. Um, I have every team going over 500 in this division, that's for sure, so. But I thought, you, well, you had under on Seattle, though, so you have them at exactly nine and eight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Fair. So exactly I would it. I would go Rams, Niners, Cardinals, Seahawks is how I would. That's what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Bo. I had uh, Rams, 49ers, yeah. Seahawks, Cardinals. Oh, okay. So just the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah this isn't. There. I think we all think they're going to be good. I, I would. I would be shocked. I, barring it like a San Fran esque uh, injury season from last year, I'd be shocked if one of these teams is. Six and eleven. I, I just, yeah. I, I think they're too good. But in terms of actually predicting the rankings within the division, it's the hardest one to do. Yeah, um, I think so. because it, it literally could go four different ways. Well, more than four different ways. I would be completely fine with flipping my like when I was doing. I didn't even really. I just kind of wrote them down yeah. of like what I thought they would be. But like, if you told me it was Cardinals, Seahawks, 49ers, Rams, I'd be like. Wow, the Rams are screwed. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's almost no combo that someone could throw out there that I would like really scoff at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd probably say something just because you know, what what else am I supposed to do? But uh, yeah, nothing crazy, that's for sure. I am just, I am very high on the Rams this year, just because yeah. of what we talked about the the Stafford McVay combination. Um, to me, is just seems like a match made in heaven. And just the urgency too of the team, like you, they have to win. Do you guys have any recollection of the Packers Rams playoff game from last year? I have. I must have watched zero of that game because I had yeah, to look Jared, it up. I remember it. Wait, is yeah. that what Goff? Goff didn't Goff have the thumb thing? I did. He even play uh, or was it Walford? Like I can't remember. I think he like came on in the second. I, or my kid. Yeah, I think you're right. That came on in the second right. half, like Walford or whatever started and Walford a ball over the middle, and they were like, oh. "Let's go to Gimpy Goff." Yeah, I just it was thirty-two to eighteen, which is like an almost impossible score to get to in football. By the way, yeah. like literally, mathematically. You, yeah, it's just not. like it does. Do you guys follow that Scoreagami account on Twitter? No, should we? Well, it's just it's whenever there's a score that's never happened before, and it <laughs> like it's like oh, forty-seven that's... twenty-six or something like that, and then it just and it's like this is the. 3,000th unique score in NFL history. Or whenever a game ends, they'll say 
how many times that score is out. I don't know. It's weirdly satisfying for some reason. It's cool. Interesting. No. Oh, yeah. Aaron Donald was hurt for this game. Oh, well, that doesn't Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. was. I remember he that. He only has one assisted tackle in this. Didn't uh, know he could be hurt, but apparently he was. Yeah, I seriously. I still don't understand how defensive tackle, a man with that much body mass, can be that cut still. It's, it's insane. Like, to be that sheerly, like, wide and, like, it's just – insane and then his production matches what he looks like it's just ridiculous yeah he's unbelievable what a freak what an awesome gift to everyone except nfl quarterbacks yeah and o-linemen interior alinement bucks play the rams uh week three that's awesome 4 25 p.m where is it september 26th uh it's in in the new stadium, so yeah okay they've got the new stadium they have no picks they trade for Stafford. They have to win the Super Bowl. You're right. It's very yeah. good now for them. Well, interesting. I was just, as we were talking, like, I don't know how, how this would work across the other divisions we've done, but all four teams in this division have appeared in a Super Bowl within the last 15 years. Jeez. At least one. That's kind of cool. Just speaks to their crazy. quality. Because I was, like, thinking about it. I'm like, damn, like, I guess Arizona's the longest drought, you know? And it yeah. was uh, they almost, years ago. They almost won that game. They almost won that game. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. That yeah, was San such Antonio an Holmes. insane throw by Ben to home. Yeah. Oh my god, just crazy. Yeah. Also, remember, was it at the just before halftime when yeah, Arizona was driving and uh, is it Harrison who returned it like ninety-eight yards? Yeah. Yeah. Scott, by the way, speaking of that Arizona Cardinals team, you know your what you said earlier about there's no one you'd love to watch play, but would hate to like spend time with off the field as much as Russ. Yeah, is Warner up there for you? Is Warner's that the opposite. Oh, okay. So he's a guy who I hated to watch play. No swag. Reminded me yeah, of like Mark, Mark Jackson on the Indiana Pacers. Like, oh. like just a player who with no swag who I despise to watch. But once I got to know Kurt Warner just from his media presence and hearing him speak to whether it's players or fans or just dumbing it down or just talk to people, learning about his life, like his football life's a great yeah. you know, glimmer into that. Mm-hmm. I love Kurt, Kurt Warner. Man, yeah. yeah, I love how you're dropping these names. Like, yeah, you know, now that I golf weekly with Kurt Warner, and you know, <laughs> the Arizona GM is so loyal, never forgets my birthday. Like, it really, it, you know, it really helps just get a whole scene. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, no, he does seem like a real – he seems like a cooler dude than he did on the field, that's for sure. I mean, if you Wait. want me to go on the record, I've never met Kurt Warner. Yeah, well, I honestly, <laughs> I kind of do. I'm kind of <laughs> glad that you said that. So seems thank you. that way. <laughs> um, of, all right like, anyway wait oh, go god time to admit he runs the account sportagami come on scoregami whatever <laughs> yeah. our mathematician oh. here at bucks banter Ooh, oh yeah it's literally just reading off the score <laughs> he literally just score. remembers through 17 games each year yeah <laughs> it's it's not easy being like this you know what i mean it's crazy by me every time what were you gonna say yeah. bo before we uh check up out of here yeah, we should get out of here, but I don't want to go down another tangent, so maybe I'll save it. But I was just going to ask where you guys were on on Breeze on the rankings of that, of like an NFL quarterback, media personality now. And I don't know. Tough I've, hang, good hang. I've loved, I've loved Drew Breeze since Purdue. The the awkward situation last year, definitely. Like standing for the flag thing? That's like the only glitch on his resume to me. And this is like, you know, I've my he's been just. That was pretty just, tough. It was yeah. tough. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. let me just, like if let's say that didn't happen and you asked me that like I I've always loved Drew Brees. 
his character. Love watching I don't, I don't his know play him. or character? Uh, both. Like, he's just a guy I've okay. rooted for. You know, if a guy hits both of those, he's someone you really genuinely cheer for. Yeah. And that was me. I'd never cheered for him to, to the win because he was a division rival, but yeah. I just loved the player and what I thought was the person for my very disadvantage point. I was breeze agnostic. I never really cared about him. He seemed whatever to yeah. me, kind of vanilla, like not a bad dude. I didn't think he was a dick or anything until the until the whole anthem flag debacle. But yeah, one of my favorite quarterbacks ever to watch plays. Incredible. Yeah, so fun. He, yeah. You know what? You know what? Part of it is is the nostalgia for me as well. He was one of the first college players I really fell in love with at Purdue. Yeah. Um, yeah, true, I think true. was he the same year as Ron Dane at Wisconsin, Scott? Because I remember. Or similar years, anyway. I think um, they must. They probably overlapped. So that's when I started falling in love with college football as a kid. Whatever years those guys were, and those are two of my first favorite collegiate football players. Yeah. So that's definitely a big part of it as well. How about him ending up in West Lafayette, Indiana, from Texas? Like I, I read a story. They didn't even know where Purdue was, and you know yeah, what I mean. It just, yeah, get us those stories, Cap. I recruiting see. it's a it's an inexact science i would say like you, none of those texas schools could have used drew Brees. like it's so crazy eh? it yeah. is wild yeah uh, but yeah no i i love drew Brees as as a player um even though i hate him at the same time <laughs> um and i think that's a good opportunity to wrap this episode up uh this was episode 18 of the bucks banter podcast we got one division preview left before we've done them all um, and, of course, that will be the NFC South. We're going to do that one live on Bucks Report um, and looking forward to that. Any parting words, Bodan or Scotty? No, good, man. We're, like, turning the corner on these. So we only – but we only have – we're going to have live football to talk about for the rest of these weeks, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, man, it's just – we keep churning these episodes out and these weeks are flowing by and we're, and we're getting we're getting closer. I can't wait in this – so fun to talk about these four teams. Awesome. Can't wait to see what happens. Cue, cue the Sunday night football music. Thanks, folks. Take care. Cat, comb your hair. <laughs>